So, sorry for hogging all the time here. I asked Brandon if I should have someone else lead, and he's like, I mean, Jeff does it every week. True. Good point. Um, dang. Is that... I need to dim the lights or something. I did a really good job on this PowerPoint. <laughs> hoping to communicate better. Is there something we can't see right now? Well, that's Comic Sans. Oh, oh yeah. On a teal. Did you design it in Google? Yeah. Yeah, and so they're not using Google ones, so the fonts don't translate right. <clears throat> Sorry, I should have warned you that. Well, like, I learned it's that. It's like, like a real nice teal and a silver. And then it's really. If the, the if title one is different. If you run it from Google. I see it now. It will be visible. Yeah. <laughs> so let so. them work that out. Anyways, that's my pride on my PowerPoint. Anyways. So the key people in Philemon, um, just real quick, the real, all three of them. Um, Paul, you know, we all know Paul, this missionary dude, uh, you know, planted the churches in Ephesus, planted um, basically the body that Philemon is coming out from. That's not so bad. Um, can you read that? Okay, so yeah, Paul, uh, the elder, the guy who is above Philemon and above all these church places, and then you have Philemon, who is the head of a house church, um, and yeah, so that house church is basically a group split off from Ephesus somewhere, there's lots of different things people talk about it being, but, and then Onesimus, um, he was a... Uh, runaway servant to Philemon. So basically, um, I probably won't talk a lot about this, but he was an indentured servant, you know, so slave. Um, do you guys want to study that out? Men stealing is your keyword. Man stealing, men stealing versus slave uh, in the Bible, which is, you know, you see slave a lot and you're like, hmm, the Bible's kind of racist or something. <laughs> but then you look at men stealing and actually the, the act of, of someone taking somebody out of where they were and stealing them, selling them for gain, or making them a possession. Uh, and the Bible calls people that do that to be killed or to death. So um, it's a pretty big deal. But yeah, look at that. He was an indentured servant. Basically, his life was Philemon's. He had come to some sort of terms to where uh, he was in bondage. Um, his life was indebted to serving Philemon. But he broke that and ran away. Um, so yeah, that's that. So Philemon is... Um, one of Paul's most powerful uh, messages to give for the church, um, basically what, it's the exclamation point on the church books. You know, you have Romans through Philemon, and Paul is emphasizing the whole thing all over again with an exclamation mark. So, it's, it's really, um, to me, it spoke unity and the gospel is all I saw um, in the whole book. And so those are my two. If you're taking notes and you want to get an outline together, uh, I have it. One is unity. Uh, I'm not there yet, but you can leave that up. So one is unity, and then it goes A, B, C, and then B is the gospel. It goes A, B, C. So. What? Oh, two. Yeah. Thanks. Nothing gets past you guys after worship. For that, <laughs> do it. Um, so yeah. Anyways, um, unity because one of the most important things for us to realize is how crucial unity is. Unity is crucial to us as a body. It's crucial to Christ. It's one of the things that He emphasizes over and over again. And we can see that in different verses, like Psalm one thirty three verse one says, uh, "Behold, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity." Um, and then Ephesians 4.3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Um, unity is a proof that we see that, that in a group of people, unity is something you can look at to see um, just a, the manifestation of kind of like how you can judge somebody by their fruits. Unity in a body is how you know that the body is dwelling with Christ because it's, a, it's, a, it's an immediate fruit of being with Christ. You know, Christ's work in your life basically takes you out of your life, which results in unity, which I'm going to talk about. If you want to turn to Philemon, um, I realized that I think I did this real backwards and real chopped up, but it's only one page, hopefully, so you can kind of follow really easily. Um, so yeah, first page. Uh, for love's sake, 
Um, that's the first kind of big point that I saw that Paul making in, in terms of unity. And it is in verse 9 where he says it. Um, I'll read verse 8 and 9. <clears throat> he says, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So unity for love's sake. Um, kind of this, this thing that Paul's tackling is um, unity <coughs> requiring a proper focus. Unity demanding something of Paul. So, um, so yeah. Uh, because these are some verses that kind of back that up right here. Uh, because of how important the gospel is, uh, 1 Corinthians 9.23 says, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that, I'm, that uh, I might be partaker thereof with you. Or because of what Christ did, um, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And then because of Christ himself, uh, backwards, whatever. We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. So basically backing, kind of showing us what, what does he mean for love's sake? What, what, for what sake? What is that? So because of this, you can go to that next slide, and then if you want to go back to it. But this is like the thought behind what he's saying, for love's sake. So for the sake of love, I need to do this. So in order to continue in purity, honesty must happen. So in order for Paul to continue to promote unity, to promote his message, to continue living uh, blameless in Christ, he needs to, for love's sake, take care of his illness and this deal with Philemon. So that, that's the first point of unity. Paul keeping unity in the body is him you know, teaching this principle of, you know, he could have just kept Philemon, and he talks about it later, like, I would have just kept him. I mean, her onus in this is awesome. Uh, but um, for him to do it without Philemon knowing that he had his runaway servant and they were just hanging out and fellowshipping would kind of be, like, lying to him and deceitful. So, so yeah, he's getting this taken care of. That's the first point. But Paul's, Paul's heart for unity in order to continue unviolated needed to be worked out in this way. Um, Paul was having a great time with Oni. Um, I call him Oni sometimes. <laughs> Oni. Uh, but love, unity, a pure conscience required him to keep things open and blameless. And so that's why you see that in verse 9. In verse 14, uh, says, But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. And so... I have, so yeah, I have a key question after each point two. So if you want to go to the next one. Okay. So do your emotions interfere with unity? So Paul, you know, feeling really encouraged, feeling really attached to Onesimus, really loving this time with Onesimus, he, um, he only calls three people his own son. He calls Timothy his own son, he calls Titus his own son, and he calls Onesimus his own son own son. If that helps to tell you how valuable, how much Paul loved Onesimus, he's one of the three sons. Um, but his emotions were not going to get in the way of unity. Unity in the body was foremost to Paul. He had to reconcile this. And so a question we need to ask ourselves is, do we let our emotions get in the way of unity? Do I, you know, do I not take care of something that needs to be open and blameless in order for my own benefit? Or do I do something righteously um, in order to promote unity in the body? Um, so yeah, that's the first one. Uh, the second one is personal investment. And we see that in verse 7. Um, unity, uh, what this unity requires pop- proper pouring out. Uh, in verse 7 he says, uh, for we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Um, so unity exponentially increases. It is exponentially more beneficial. Uh, unity is better. Um, the more you are involved in it, the more stock you have in something. You know, I don't care how Walmart is doing in the stock market until I have money invested in Walmart. Does that make sense? Uh, and this is the same thing with unity. I don't care how well you guys are unified. 
if I'm not poured out in you guys. The more I've invested, the more you know a leader is invested in a body, the more he cares about how it's doing. And that's this principle in verse 7 is um, uh, when he says, making mention of you always um, in our prayers. Um, Paul says that a lot. That's verse 4, not verse 7. But also verse 7. Um, talking about just the bowels of the saints and um, you know, he's, he's investing. Your prayers are an investment into something when you're praying for somebody or when you're giving money to a missions group. You know, it's the same thing with Walmart as with, with Tampa. You know, I can be, I can go weeks without thinking of Tampa until, you know, I'm actually praying for Tampa because I'm investing in it. I care about what they're doing. Or I can go weeks without caring about Taylor until, you know, I'm supporting him or I'm sending him five bucks a week. You know, then I, I care about what he's doing with my money. But, um, so that's, that's the pray, give, go, you know, that's, that's an opportunity for you to invest in the body of Christ or invest in the field. And that comes with caring about the unity. That comes with you then being more a part of what's going on there. And so, um, that's this term in Philippians, Philippians 2, 2 through 4 says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye might be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And so, that's, this is like this, this key thought to unity. Unity will not happen if this is not true. Okay? So, so let's see. Let's see, Sophie, when you, okay, look down at your shirt. What color is your shirt? What color do you see? Okay. Uh, Daniel, when you look down at your shirt, what color do you see? I see brown. Okay, so, they're not unified. Does that make sense? <laughs> Sophie, Sophie's seeing orange, Daniel's seeing brown. How are they supposed to continue together in unity? It's, it's silly, I know. So now, Daniel, look at uh, this. What color is this? White. Sophie, look at this. What color is this? White. <laughs> Unified. <laughs> that's, that's what Philippians 2, 2 through 4 is saying. Is, is we, we all are in our own lives, constantly consumed with ourselves. We're looking down in, in strife and vain glory, you know, seeking what we can get, seeking to make ourselves better, seeking uh, you know, God's will in my life. You know, and I'm, I'm at this crossroad and I need prayer so unity is not promoted through that exercise does that make sense unity Philippians 2 through 4 you might have studied this maybe you guys have all heard this that'd be great um, but unity when I, I get my head out of myself when I, when I die to self and I look up and see Christ and then you guys are all doing the same thing we're unified yeah. That's what Christ's work in us does, is he unifies us by giving us something to look towards together. Because now, when I'm investing over here, Taylor's investing over here too. Because we're, we're not investing outside of, of Christ. You know? that's, that's the thing that we're allowing, is that anything that we do, anything that we sacrifice, anything that, that is good is, is Christ. So, Yeah, so... Our investments, our prayers, our, our giving, our, our going, or anything that in us forgetting ourselves and looking forward to Christ and serving the body or serving, you know, that's that's unity. That's unifying us as a body. Um, and then bowels. Really cool word, bowels. Uh, I understand that you might be hesitant to buy into the bowels, but uh, I encourage you to study out bowels. It's a good study. Um, so Paul uses bowels the most, uh, again, in Philemon. It's, well, three times, but he doesn't use it three times in any other place. So I made this fancy diagram of, um, it's that one, yeah, <laughs> of what a bowel is in the Bible, biblical bowels. Okay, so here you have, the green is spiritual, and the, the purple, pink is physical, so your, your, your soul is kind of the center of who you are spiritually. Remove your soul from a spirit, and it's just a you know, spirit. You are a soul. That's spiritually you. And then your body, um, your bowels are kind of like 
the core of your physical feeling. And so the core of like extreme grief, you know, that wrecks you in your bowels. Like you are shaken in the core of your soul, but in terms of physically, that the soul would be equated to your bowels. And so it, it kind of emphasizes when Paul talks about, uh, you know, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. It, now, now we can see, like, man, like, when someone invests in something, or, or you know, when, when Christ's work is done, it shakes me to my, my bowels. It gives me hope to my bowels when, I, when I'm encouraged that I'm not doing this alone. <clears throat> and so uh, that's refreshing, and that's, it's, it's in here. Most of this is in here, but... Uh, yeah, verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Um, so when, when Chad is out in Cambodia, are you going back there? You're going back. When Chad is in Cambodia and he goes on you know, this campaign touring different villages and, um, you know, whatever... 500 people get saved. You know? So now, there's 500 people from Cambodia that are my brothers and sisters because of Chad's involvement there, not to glorify Chad or anything like that, but because you know I'm invested in this unity, and Lisa and Miles are part of this unity, and Chad is Lisa's brother. You know, Through my investment in, in Lisa, I'm, I'm invested in Chad. You know, I've had, we've had conversations. And so, spiritually, <clears throat> in terms of like the saints and the work for the ministry in terms of unity. Chad's work in Cambodia refreshes me. Yeah. It gives me hope that the work is being done. Like, yeah. praise the Lord, 500 souls are now my brothers and sisters and are not doomed to hell any longer. And so when, you know, whenever, that's, that's the work of, of unity is, you know, whoever it is, when I go out and, you know, bring them, like I'm praying for somebody, uh, you guys are praying with me about that person when we share prayer requests. You guys are invested in those things. Whenever something like that happens in my life, it's refreshing. Whenever, you know, Brandon and his students, whatever, something good happens, I'm refreshed by that, you know. So we refresh each other in the work of the Lord, and that's also unity. So, uh, that your communication may become effectual, that's in verse 6, um, when he says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Um, so that's that's why I said all that. I should have read that verse first. This is the question here is where are you personally invested? And so are you investing in the body? Are you investing in what's available around you? Are you investing in Tampa? Um, I'm not saying you need to be, but it's something we need to ask ourselves because if you're not invested in Kaya, maybe you miss out on that refreshing that God had intended for you. Or if you're not invested um, in Kaya, um, maybe you're going to miss out on some crowns that you know, God, you're going to get on the judgment seat and God's going to be like, well, you could have been a part of this, but you chose not to. You know. Uh, so where are you personally invested? Um, it's something God's designed for us. Uh, to have in uh, and then see the next slide uh, in you in Christ Jesus that is verse 6 um, at the end of that the, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus and so none of none of what we just talked about none of what I'm going to talk about uh, matters without the recognition of our dependence on the power of Christ. And that, that kind of ties into what, what Sam was talking about with the rod, you know, being us leaning on the power of Christ in the believer's life. And really, we're all wobbly, old humans with weak knees, stumbling down a path, you know, banging across the walls, falling down, trying to get up, trying to help people, other people, we're not helping other people because they're just as wobbly. We're wobbly. We're falling down. You know, we're a wreck until we get that staff in our life that allows us to walk straight, that allows us the support, but more than support, the actual power to do anything. That's, that's, that's in you, in Christ Jesus, the ability to do any of these things. 
So unity requires proper recognition of that. Romans 1.16 uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.24 um, uh, But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ to the power of God and the wisdom of God. Um, we can't do anything. We can't bring anything to the table. We can't replace that staff. We can't replace the, the supply of power that God's given us through Christ Jesus. None of our works, none of what I can invest in, none of what I can say, none of what I can do, none of who I, I, my ability to call somebody and refresh. I can't do anything without dragging you guys down with me. Does that make sense? I can't bring the right sacrifice to the Father in heaven. I can't, I can't go find the best cow to slit its throat, and God's like, oh man, you're right, I finally found the right cow. Now I like them. You know? That's dumb, but... And we try to do that over and over again. I try to put the staff down, and I try to do something cool that God will acknowledge, or I try to you know, look at somebody else. This is, goes back to the Romans 2. Um, actually, I think that's later. Anyways, it goes back to Romans 2, where my sacrifice, my cow might be different than this big fat hog that Taylor has. And, man, I wish I would have had that hog, because I know God loves bacon, and all I have is beef. And so, you know, anyways, I'm really really striking out with these analogies. Uh, Anyways, I can't bring the right sacrifice. Taylor can't bring the right sacrifice. And in Romans 2, when when Brand's last message was, was, he was preaching his message, I was convicted that I'm constantly trying to evaluate where I'm at by where I'm at in the terms of where everyone else is at. You know, I see, you know, I see different people, or I see, you know, where, where Jeff's at, or I see where Montana's at. You know, anyone really. I see, and and in terms of just looking out, that's where I'm like, okay, I must be doing okay, or well, I need to do a little better because Blade is a deacon and he's only been here a year. <laughs> That's like a side note. That was a really big deal for me uh, in terms of dying to myself. And I wore my spirit animal shirt today, which is the case he believes um, in homage to him. But uh, it was a really big deal because I was just so... Brandon said pissed, so I can say pissed now. Uh, I was so pissed that, that Blade was getting all his stuff and he was getting all his recognition and I was like, Gosh, I've been here for like four years and no one's talked about me like that. You know what I mean? Really pity party, really fleshy. And in the middle of the like deacon award ceremony, I just opened up my Bible. It's like, God, this is wrong. Um, I don't deserve to be a Christian, like feeling this way. And I just read, I didn't even listen to the rest of it. Not, not, no, not Blade's ordination being wrong. Like my feelings, my heart being wrong. (laughs) I'm wrong. So I need to deal with this before I can even attend where all these, you know, believers are. And so I just, I just kind of gave it up and I let, you know, God be God. And that's kind of the whole, the unity thing or the brother refreshing brother is like, Blade's promotion is my glory. Does that make sense? Um, that reminds me, I was saving that for later now that I say that point, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, the... Our faith is only effectual through Christ. Um, Psalm 69, verses 31 and 32. Should be right, yeah, right there. Uh, says, This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hooves. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live uh, that seek God. In Amos 5, 21 through 22, says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. So, I was saying this last praise set. You guys probably weren't listening. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so I could say it again, and it'll be like, oh, wow. Uh, is, you know, any of these offerings, God does not care about. He no longer cares about offerings, right? Because we don't do them. We all know that. When's the last time you offered an animal? We don't. But it's because Jesus Christ was the perfect offering. 
Jesus Christ's blood is, is better than any other blood could ever have paid for. Jesus Christ's sacrifice ended sacrifices. He was the sacrifice. And so now, I hate or despise your feast days. I'm not going to accept your offerings. Uh, for us means, why are you offering why are, why are you offering me the fruit of the ground around you? Why are you offering me your works? Why are you offering me how good you were this week when I've, I've sacrificed Jesus Christ for you? Why haven't you walked with the staff I gave you? Why, have, why haven't you lived in that sacrifice? And so that's, that's God saying, I hate what you're doing. I hate you coming to church and just, you know, sitting in church doing your thing. What, what I love is you coming to church and like joining in the spirit of Christ there, of, of doing the work there, of, you know, wherever you're at, if it's, I'm here at church today to preach, or I'm here at church today to worship, you know, that's, the worship sets are a very important part of why we're even here. Um, and if you miss out on, on that opportunity to just come in it with the body and just praise the Lord, uh, that's on you. That's something that God provided for you. Uh, but if you're here, you know, maybe you were here to, in the unity of the Spirit, in the fellowship of the Spirit, following Christ, you were here to give somebody a hug. <laughs> that's, that's not hard. I mean, but it's not about being hard or easy. It's just about if you're going to be here and uh, submit to Christ, to, to follow Christ, to accept that sacrifice. Um, and so that question is, do you depend on Christ? Do I, do I let... Christ's sacrifice be my sacrifice. You know, we, we start in this faith-based position of God. I can't do anything to redeem myself as a sinner. I can't be saved on my own agenda. Sorry, this. Uh, you sacrifice yourself for me. Uh, I accept. That, that's salvation, you know. Um, and so... That's the same position that we're called to walk in. So, I, I constantly trying to add to that. Uh, that's oh yeah. But do you depend on Christ or X? That means of any variable. <laughs> so, you guys probably already know that. I thought I don't know. I wasn't very good at. What's the Longview math? That's like the low one. Elementary. I don't know. I didn't. 42 or something. <laughs> yeah, 40. I thought, I didn't know how bad it was until I was like telling somebody what classes I was in. They're like, oh yeah, I'm in 101, the beginner one. I was like, I'm in 40. <laughs> what does that mean? If 101's the beginning. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> and then, so now we're in section two, the gospel. Um, this is a good part. Um, so this is for the gospel's sake. Uh, these three points, A, B, and C, kind of mirror the A, B, and C of the first half. Um, you'll probably pick up on that, or it might not make any sense. That's fine. Um, but it says, for the gospel's sake, and uh, the gospel deserves the proper model. This is the only book that Paul writes in where he's not, he doesn't preach the gospel in Philemon. Crazy, that he preaches the gospel, Romans, Timothy, you know, Corinthians, the other ones, <laughs> Romans through the one before Philemon, Thessalonians maybe. Uh, he preaches the gospel in every single book except Philemon. He doesn't write down that Jesus died for you and you can be born again and you can be saved. So what he does is he models it. Um, he doesn't preach it, but he's living it out. He's, he's giving us the example of what the gospel is. You know, it's, it's not enough to just sit here if I came to, on Sunday, every, every Sunday, and I, I stood here and I preached the gospel, that is not enough. Because people are not seeing it in my life. Because people don't see you live out the gospel, see you have anything of this to do with it being a part of your life, it, there's no power in it. The power of the gospel, for the gospel's sake, for love's sake, is for it to affect your life, and in turn, you live the gospel now. Does that make sense? So if Paul only preached the gospel, then that would be our model, as we just stand here and preach the gospel. But instead, you know, we know that we need to live it out. We need to see, okay, Christ died for my sins. Um, I was a sinner. I didn't deserve any of this, but somehow I'm reconciled into God's family, which is this really awesome thing. And so 
Yep, I'm just going to go and, ooh, that guy's gross. <laughs> oh, man, you're a sinner. I don't want to hang out with you. Just, you know, that's, that's not the gospel. It's not a gospel life. Paul says, well, Paul's in jail, first of all. Uh, in jail, he, he, he has this runaway slave come to him, and he puts his arm around him, evangelizes to the guy, and the dude gets saved and is, like, accepted in Jesus, you know, so talk about this in a second, but the slave had nothing going for him in complete sin, um, completely turned away from his oath that he had made, so nothing good, uh, and then is redeemed by Paul, preaching the gospel to him, living the gospel for him. And so this message of, of Onesimus um, basically being saved for no other reason than the gospel's sake, you know. Um, but that's all of us. And so the Good Samaritan, um, <clears throat> there's so many, uh, you'll have to look at it. I probably won't catch them all. But there's so many things that the Good Samaritan and then Paul, Paul and Onesimus, and then this guy and this Samaritan and the, the guy that got hurt. Um, so many things are the same. Um, even some of the verbiage when it says... Um, when I come again, I'll, I'll repay thee. Um, in, in Philemon it says, um, I call, I've written it with my known hand, I will repay it. Um, and so, so it's like, it's very similar. Um, I'm not, not going to read it just for sake of time. But if you want to look at it, um, Paul has compassion on Onesimus, the same as the Samaritan looks on the guy that's hurt and has compassion on him. Uh, he picks him up, Paul, you know, in terms of a, a servant runaway slave in the world. He picks him up and embraces him with the gospel. Um, Paul poured, poured oil into Onesimus, this guy, and you know, he, uh, he bound his wounds, wounds, pouring in oil and wine. So Paul pours oil and wine into Onesimus, which would be you know, the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ pictured for us. Uh, he says, I will repay thee to the innkeeper. Um, Paul says to Philemon, whatever he owes you, I'm going to take care of that. Um, and then he says, when I come again, and Paul's also talking about uh, going back to visit, finally, whenever he can. So those similarities are pretty striking. But um, the question here is going back to, do we preach the gospel or do we live it? Which really we need to do both, but the question. Um, <clears throat> okay, and then so, is this my movie too fast or fine? You guys out all the notes? Um, point B is the equal share this is um, what I meant to talk about with the Romans too um, so, but verse 11 if you want to look there says which in time past was to thee unprofitable um, who is Onesimus but now profitable to thee and to me um, so he was unprofitable but now through the power of Christ um, he is profitable and now is present, he was instantly made profitable to the kingdom, to Paul. Paul, one of these church planners, this, this big deal guy, you know, the biggest guy in the totem pole. Um, oh yeah, the gospel deserves a proper review. Um, so Paul, this you know, demigod, if there ever was a demigod, uh, well there were, I shouldn't say that. He was a really good dude. Um, you know, all of our idols. Uh, I don't know. How do you say it? You can't without saying it simply. <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul, uh, <laughs> Paul of all people, for no reason, uh, deems this guy uh, profitable instantly. This runaway slave who had broken his oath he had made to Philemon, uh, he had indentured himself to serve him, to serve his household, to take care of whatever he was supposed to take care of, abandons him, runs away. <clears throat> Finds Paul in prison, um, which I wonder, maybe he was in prison too. I don't know how he just finds somebody in prison. Uh, but um, instantly becomes valuable to Paul. And then in, in more so, we see uh, my own bowels, he talks about that. But in, uh, in thy stead, he says somewhere. One second, I forgot to write down the verse 13. I think it's verse 13. Um, just kidding. 
whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. So on top of all these things, this guy that is, is suddenly profitable, in thy stead, you know, Paul's saying he would have rather, you know, if it wasn't for <laughs> earlier, if it wasn't for making things right due to unity or you know, keeping this right, keeping this open, like being blameless before Philemon. If it wasn't for any of that, Paul would have kept Onesimus rather than Philemon, which, you know, is kind of throwing back on these terms of like valuing different people more than each other. But that's, that's, that's the opposite point it's trying to make is that just like in, uh, like earlier what I was saying is, you know, someone being valuable isn't based on like, who that person is, you know, like, it's not uh, this guy who runs a house church and is, you know, profitable to the kingdom and is, is, you know, getting letters from Paul, you know, like, that would have been cool, like, I would have been like, oh, man, you know Paul? Yeah, he wrote me a letter. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, so that guy, Paul would have rather kept Onesimus than that guy. Um, and so it, it goes back to this, this you know this this hip, hypocrite talk and um, a brand new convert being more valuable or as valuable than Philemon. Um, but Romans two eleven, you know I'm not trying to say the opposite like that guy is more valuable. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is Romans two eleven, there isn't any respect of persons with God. It does not matter who you are, what you've done, how long you've been a Christian, who your parents are. Uh, where you came from, how much of a sinful past you had, how, how far removed from a sinful past you are, none of that matters to God. He's not a respecter of the person. As soon as, you're, you're in, as, soon as you offer the same sacrifice that I offer, you know, as soon as I accept Jesus' sacrifice, it's the same exact sacrifice you guys accept. Does that make sense? So we're all in the same place of accepting the sacrifice. We're all the same. We can't do that in different ways, or better ways, or worse ways. We all have an equal share um, to the ministry, to the kingdom, to unity. And so, um, there's different illustrations for that. Um, so first, wait, hang on. Not yet, not yet, sorry. I saw my pictures. <coughs> okay, First Corinthians 3, 4-9 through 9 says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Uh, which is, he's saying that the comparison of I'm this guy, or I'm this guy, or I follow this guy, or I like, I like listening to Sam preach more than Chris, you know, stuff like that is, that's carnal. That's what he just said. Um, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed? Even as the Lord gave to every man, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave, gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God, wait, Sorry. Neither he that watereth, but God that giveth increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Uh, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. First um, Corinthians three twenty or same chapter, verses twenty one through twenty three. Let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and near Christ and Christ is God's. And so if that doesn't, I don't know, it's encouraging to me because what I talked about earlier, so I was talking about now, but Blade, you know, whatever happens in Blade's life um, is valuable to me. Like, so however, however, however he's used, that's, that's me being used because we're one. Does that make sense? So, Paul, this guy who's, who's planting, and then Apollos, this guy who's watering, this guy who's watering, in the illustration. He says, who cares who plants and who waters their one? Because God gives the increase. And so, Chad in Cambodia, watering, uh, somebody here planting their one in that, in that work, you know. And so, it doesn't matter where you're at. It does not matter who you are. God is only requiring somebody who sees the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made 
and is going to walk there. He only, he, only, he only acknowledges Jesus Christ in your life. There's no other sacrifice. There's no alternate thing you can do or no things on the side that you add to make it you know, better. Like, here's my Jesus sacrifice, but I also have these three doves, and then I have a lamb, and God's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Jorge only had Jesus, so I'm going to walk with you. You know, it, it's, it's not about that. It's in Jesus Christ. That is the only way we please God. That is the only way we're used. Nothing else. So walk in the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, and you have equality with everyone. Everyone, I am Seth. Seth is me in, in, the, in the body of Christ. I'm not saying you're not an individual, like Christ loves you. You are a snowflake, Seth. God designed you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're one, and, and we have the same work, and we have the same ministry. We have the same kingdom. We have, we have the same agenda. We have the same heart, you know, which is Christ, which is seeing the world redeemed um, from hell. That, that's what the body of Christ is. Now I have these two really awesome illustrations that was supposed to be a pool stick, but for some reason it just gave me a column. But it was, it was nice because I wanted that anyways. So imagine it as a, a pool stick, right? And uh, there's a cue ball up there, and it's like a cue stick made of these different parts. And so I'm, I'm this part, and uh, Alex is this part. And so none us, like this cue stick, somehow hitting a ball and that ball going into a pocket is not like this guy doesn't celebrate it more than this guy. You know, first of all, somebody has to grab the cue stick and, and do the work. Like it's, it has nothing to do with this piece of a cue, a cue stick, a pool stick. It doesn't have anything to do with this stick. It doesn't matter if you're closer or farther away. It, it's out of your hands. It's, you're just a piece of a stick that doesn't even move itself. That, that like, literally God grabs and he's like, all right, I'm going to save this person. <laughs> and you're like, praise God, I was a part of that. Not praise God, I did that or I had any particular more worth than somebody else, you know. So, okay, that was a decent illustration. This, this, one, isn't, this one isn't as good or exciting. Uh... It might not even be true. In my mind, it was really neat. It's just like none of these. So two isn't valuable. Does that make sense? So the a number is only a concept. Does that make sense? It's like what is two? Like I understand if you have two dollars, that's valuable. But two in and of itself isn't anything. I'm gonna, anyways, <laughs> it doesn't matter what the numbers are. It, those numbers added together equal another thing. It doesn't matter if, if you're adding them together or subtracting them. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Any variable in that thing is just a part of the equation. It's, you know. <laughs> I didn't think that one was good. Anyways, uh, this, this question is, am I a respecter of persons? Um, so do I place... Do I, am I placing value on you know, somebody else more than me, or um, am I letting that disrupt unity? Um, so. um, and then the last point is um, Christ's work as, as the gospel, as grace, as redemption, as forgiveness. Um, something that is, is just like this haunting piece of it is uh, the gospel deserves uh, proper respect, and so, and so, uh, imagine you're Onesimus, and you you give your, your <laughs> you give your company two weeks' notice, and then you're never going back. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so imagine yourself being in that position to where you just leave, you break a contract that you made, and and Paul Paul sends you back with a letter like this, where Paul's basically saying, "I'm going to take care of it." So now 
I'm humbled by Paul, first of all, being like, I'm going to take this guy's debt. Whatever he owed you, I'm going to pay it. Whatever, you know, sin he's, he's done to you, like, consider it that I'm going to take care of it. Like, Jesus Christ does that for us. Whatever you did, whatever, you know, you committed, whatever, however gross you were, however nice you were, whatever it is, you know, Christ paid for that. He, he took care of that. And so now, the humbleness of that, like, okay, I'm nothing. This guy's taking care of everything. You know, like when somebody even buys you lunch, that's, like, just multiply that by a ton. And then Onesimus comes back to Philemon with that, like, payment. And he is the one who hands it to Philemon. Like, I don't know. That's, that's intense. I can't even imagine what that feels like. It's, so, in Philemon's position, this dude just left. And you see him coming back. Like, oh man, I'm going to mess this dude up. Like, <laughs> it's time. Like, he's, I'm going to teach him a lesson. And then he hands you this paper, which I don't know where Philemon was, but. So, just, I mean, that's a crazy picture. Um, but Paul in Onesimus' life is Christ in our life. That's the same thing as, you know, Paul living the gospel in this situation. Paul's Christ in our situation. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 42 through 49. says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam was quickened, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that um, was not the first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. And so, what begun in the flesh, uh, what begun in wickedness, what begun in sin, uh, through, through Paul, through Christ, through our life, whatever we started through Christ comes back like spiritual, comes back holy. So whatever wickedness I had sown is now testimony to Christ. Like is now something I can, you know, and I'm not, that's not more valuable than, than somebody who doesn't have that. But what, whatever position you had, whatever you were, it's, it's flipped and and now it's spiritual. Now it's profitable. Whatever weakness you displayed is now strength because you have that strength in Christ to overcome that weakness. Um, whatever, whatever you know, had been raised in dishonor through Christ is raised in honor. Like he's he's covering all these things, and and Paul Paul's this guy who's like, how, how many years did you have left? Like, okay, um, I'll pay for that. Um, you know, oh, what you know, what, whatever you did wrong, like he, he has this. Paul's like, okay, I'm gonna pay for it. I'll pay for that. Pay for that. Uh, I got that covered. Yeah, don't worry, but don't worry about any of it. I mean, I'm gonna pay for it. Um, and that's what Christ does for us. However, I can do whatever I could have done, whatever I did do. Um, but then Christ for us is, he's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Oh, you're going to tell a lie still tomorrow? Okay, yeah, um, I got that. I got that. Uh, you're gonna, you know, he, he he his list goes into the future, <laughs> like he's, he's he's he knows what we're going to do, um, and he pays for all of it. He takes your entire sin nature, he takes your entire first Adam, he takes he he takes all of you, and he he gives you himself. He gives you him as the sacrifice. And he says, whatever you were, now you're me. <laughs> now I'm gonna cover that. Whatever, what is, whatever was purple is now white. Whatever was red is now white. Whatever was green is now white. Um, and so that, that's, that's why he's a brother beloved. That's why um, you know, Christ is the Redeemer. We saw that in, in Ruth. Um, Onesimus deserved to be in jail with Paul, first of all. Um, he should be dead the contract that he, you know, that was something that Philemon had the right to do was to either take him back or put him to death, basically, for how he had wronged him. Um, but he found himself to be a blessing to the church. You know, in that place, he found himself valuable to the ministry of Christ, to the ministry of the kingdom. Somehow, 
Paul in Philemon's stead was using that dude, you know, that, that me who has no right to be a part of anything going on here. Um, is somehow now Christ called me valuable. You know, now because he's paid for me, he, he pays for me, and he's like, okay, I also enjoy you, which is mind blowing. But does that that sound does that sound familiar? Like, why are you here? You know, if if it was if it was up to how bad you could be, Kendall, yeah, if it was. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, if it's up to what we did in our past, like none of us should be here. And that, in terms of like, why are you here? Like, we're not. We don't show up perfect. We don't show up valuable. We don't become valuable. I don't know if I could. I'm probably saying that twenty times now. But um, now, in Christ's sacrifice, in offering that. He's saying you're valuable. He's saying, I want to pay for that so I can use you. Paul wanted to pay for Onesimus so that Onesimus could be a part of this kingdom, to be a part of the ministry. Um, I mean, he also says, like, <laughs> it's like one of those, like, kind of, like, funny verses. Uh, albeit, in verse 19, <laughs> he's like, I'll repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self, besides. Um, yea, brother, let me have joy in the Lord, refresh my vows. He's like, <laughs> I'm Paul, uh, you owe me your life anyways, so <laughs> I'm not expecting to actually pay you. <laughs> it's like a big winky face. <laughs> but it's not like that for Christ. He doesn't say you owe me anyways. He literally paid his life for you, um, in all seriousness. And so... Yeah, there's some questions after this. Um, kind of, I mean, two of those are, or that middle one's my dad's question. That that uh, Chris, I think, was it Chris who was in First Samuel the other night? Well, that was my dad. I don't know. But, so his thing was, is there not a cause? Uh, you know, when, when David sees, sees Goliath, he was probably wearing a hockey jersey, too. Uh, when David sees Goliath, and Goliath is smothering uh, God's name or the nation of Israel, David says, is there not a cause you know, to go forward and, and to redeem, you know, to, to do the work? And, uh, at a time when kings go forth to battle, uh, this is, that's, that's the first, that's the introduction to first, Second Samuel chapter 11, which like, yeah, I hate that guy, David. So, I don't think I'm, he didn't do anything to me. But, uh, <laughs> At a time when kings go forth to battle, David stayed home and was chilling on his roof. You know, that whole thing would have been avoided if David was being obedient to what Christ had called him, or God had called him to do at that position. And so, this is, the frame of this is, it, it is the night. You know, it was, maybe it was the day, I don't know how that works out. Um, but it is the night now, um, and Jesus is coming back at any moment. How long do you have left? We, sing, we just sang, O come, Emmanuel. And a lot of us are hoping that Jesus didn't take that seriously. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just shouted out, O come, O come, Emmanuel. A little later than today, maybe in a few years, after I'm married and have kids. Like that, that's the addendum we all add on, you know, to that song. Which, you know, is dishonest. Yeah. But, let's, let's be real happy. Today could be your last day existing on the planet Earth. Um, Christ paid for that day, for you to live in that day. Um, so what, what are you going to do today? Um, which sacrifice were you going to go offer? <laughs> or where were you going to go without the staff? Um, it's, it's the night time. It's, it's a time when kings go forth to battle. There's, there's something to go be fought today. There's somebody you need to call, somebody you need to hang out with. Um, it's, it's your last night. You're not going to get another one. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay home and end up, you know, adult, adulterating some guy's wife and, and then having him killed and 
it being you're the only blemish on your record in the Bible. Um, I mean, don't do that. Now you guys, I, I, I made sure my bathroom doesn't have windows, so I don't have to pee in that. <laughs> no one is looking at my life showering. So nice try, David's. Um, anyways, I meant to end it on a serious note. I just ruined that. But, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll pray. And uh, that's it. That's it. Cool. Um, dear Jesus, um, we love you. We thank you for what you did. Um, God, the, uh, the length uh, you went to redeem me, the the deathlessness of your bank account God to afford um, paying for my sin uh, is amazing or your sacrifice um, was unlike anything that I could even think of um, God and I abuse it every day um, I just waste the time you've given me um, God and I pray that, that today um, what you have paid for um, God I'd be able to use for you I pray that for us um, as a body, I pray that we would see um, the opportunity to be unified that we have, um, the opportunity as a class um, that we have to matter for you, God, that you paid for us um, in death, um, so that we could reach Kansas City. Um, God, and I, I pray that we would be realistic um, with our faith, that we wouldn't take anything for granted, we wouldn't say anything uh, in emptiness or in vanity. Um, God, but that I would I'd get my face off of my life um, and serve you, serve the body, um, and minister in the kingdom. Um, God, so we ask for your blessing for today. We ask for fruit. Um, we love you. Um, thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Um, before you leave, uh, so you braved the weather. You got here. It's getting late. I'm starving. Okay? But I'm not... I, I'm really hungry right now. I ate a bite of a waffle off my child's plate before I left the house. That was it. So, um, I get that. But are you starving for that more than you're starving to rest in the, in the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for you? And here's the deal. Um, this time of year, you expose yourself to more people whether they be family members uh, uh, or friends that you haven't seen in a while, okay, and you find yourself in the presence of people who don't know the sacrifice of Jesus Christ the way you do. They're still slaves to their sin, right? Now, now this would be a moment, invitation-wise, where we would determine to pray with another brother or sister of Christ that you would be used the way Paul was used in the life of Onesimus. Would you be used to stand in the gap for someone else in the coming weeks, in the coming days? Okay, Who can you be a living sacrifice for that you would be able to show that person grace and love and mercy and give them a testimony of who Jesus Christ is Okay, that they might also be made a saint? You understand? So this would be what my, my charge just to tag on to what Uriah said. The message was amazing. And was I right? Philemon's an amazing book. Like, I encourage you to go back and read it just so everything can soak in one more time. But here, here's the point. Will you be like Paul? I mean, that's a, that to, say, to say that your life will look like, hey, I'll pay that debt. I'll die to myself so that you might live. I'll lift you up over m- myself. I care about you more than I care about me. And that, that mind, that train of thought is not natural. It doesn't just happen. Right? You have to die and you have to consume the words that you can become like Christ and you can stand in the gap and you, like Paul, can lead people to Christ. That is our life's work. Okay? And so before you go, just give a minute to just pray with someone else for a a soul that doesn't know Jesus. Okay? Bowels that have not been refreshed. You know them, right? So take a moment to pray for those people before we go. I love you guys. Uh, you're dismissed as you see fit. Praise God, right? Amen.
can't believe you got so much cover. I was really... You nailed it. I was really tired. Because I, I got four pages out. I, like, I usually just do like two pages. No, you so. covered. I mean, you did a good job. There's so much to address. 